1: Bring in show music, please.
0: This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on our podcast,
2: passed. On this vote, the yeas are 217 and the nays the are The House voting yes the on President Biden's adopted. social spending
0: plan. But a CBO analysis says it would slightly boost the deficit. CNBC's Elon Mui.
3: The cost over the decade may be well above the $1.75 trillion cost and then the $367 billion that it adds to the deficit. It could certainly be much higher than that. Dick Parsons,
0: who ran the C-suite at Citigroup and Time Warner, weighs in on the plan and President Biden's falling approval rating.
4: I don't think he's showing the kind of leadership that we need and hope for. He's a very nice guy. I think he's headed in the right direction
0: plus Elizabeth Holmes Theranos trial nearing the end, Sweet greens tasty day one, and Joe loves social media.
5: What about Snap, Kernan? Is that the one where it
6: goes away right away, where yes. you can't get busted or something? That would be good for me.
0: It's Friday.
6: Friday, Friday, Friday.
0: November 19th, 2021, Squawk Pod begins right now. House of Representatives has passed the largest expansion of the social safety net morning, in everyone. decades.
7: And a good morning it is. Today we have the honor of participating in passing legislation for the people to build back better.
0: The $1.75 trillion legislation funds universal pre-K, Medicare expansion, renewable energy credits, affordable housing, a year of expanded child tax credits, and major Obamacare subsidies. But the finish line for all this proved elusive. Last night, Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy set a record for the longest speech ever delivered on the House floor as he pushed for the vote's delay.
1: With that, Madam Speaker, I yield back.
3: The gentleman yields. Pursuant to Clause 1C of Rule 19, further consideration of H.R. 5376 is postponed.
0: Now that it has cleared the House, President Biden's Build Back Better Act will go to the Senate, where it is likely to be revised in the coming weeks. CNBC's Alan Mouy broke down the bill and its next steps.
3: Democrats have struggled for months to unify their caucus around this bill. Moderates were holding out for a CBO score, which was finally released yesterday. Now, it found that the package would add $367 billion to the deficit over the next decade. But that projection does not include any additional money from enhanced IRS enforcement. The CBO predicted that would raise another $127 billion on net, but the White House argues the number is more like $400 billion, which would mean that the package actually more than pays for itself. Now, remember, this vote in the House was supposed to be the easy one. There are even bigger hurdles and potentially more long-floor speeches waiting ahead for Democrats when this bill reaches the Senate. There we know that Joe Manchin, Kirsten Sinema, they have concerns. Uh, Progressive Democrats also have concerns with that cell provision, so we know that there are going to be changes. And once they make changes in the Senate, it'll have to go back to the House for another vote. So right now my, they are hoping to get this passed by Christmas, but we'll see.
5: I have one other question. How often or how, how right or wrong typically is the CBO? Has anybody ever done a, a look back to see what the projections that the CBO has historically made and, and where they've ultimately landed oftentimes five, 10 years later?
3: You know, I don't know the answer to that question, Andrew. I know there obviously were a lot of Uh, concerns that the CBO was miscalculating how many people would sign up for uh, healthcare under the Affordable Care Act. That was a big point of contention for Democrats. Um, I think that this piece, though, that is in contention now around uh, the CBO score and the IRS enforcement, that has been known for a long time that that discrepancy was coming. There are big debates amongst economists about um, how much money you can actually raise from increased IRS enforcement. And I think it's really just an open question because we haven't seen that level of investment in the IRS, it hasn't had the resources to do this before. So we're really trying to project something that has not happened before in history, and so we'll have to see how it plays out, um, and if CBO will have to readjust some of the baselines in their model in order to, uh, you know, to to keep up with uh, what the reality of those investments might might be able to to, to net.
6: Elon, it's been pointed out a lot that the, the CBO is obliged to uh, take. Uh, at face value what the Democrat, what the proposers say about the bill, regardless of how they, you know, all the little tricks and the, 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 uh, the way that you hide a lot of the costs. And the, the Penn Wharton model is $4.6 billion for this plan because, you know, you, you've got programs for a year or two, but 10 years of tax revenue, none of those programs are likely to be phased out. Uh, there's another model, of, what's the name of this group, the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget pegs it at $4.9 trillion. Um, so you know, arguing whether the IRS can get a couple of hundred uh, billion is, is not, I mean it's either $4.6 trillion or $4.9 trillion. Uh, One op-ed says, uh, it, this is a journal again, this is the most dishonest spending bill in American history. And you're right, actually McCarthy set a record. The previous record was when uh, Speaker Pelosi was minority leader in 2018 and spoke for over eight hours. I think McCarthy uh, set the new record uh, last night. This is the longest
1: one minute I've ever given. It's the longest one minute ever given in this body. There's a reason why. This is a tipping point. This is a point of
6: not coming back from
1: the American people have spoken, but unfortunately, Madam Speaker, the Democrats have not listened.
6: And and you're supposed to speak for a yeah, minute. I, mean, you, you I couldn't bring help up, but laugh. They call it the magic minute. And I, I don't know, for some reason the magic that. magic minute. Yeah, the magic minute. That just that phrase just makes me laugh. I'm not really sure. Uh, the magic minute. Um, we have I, control
3: over time in Washington. No,
6: I know. I <laughs> but may you, bring, have,
3: you bring up a good point, Joe, but 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 your point around the, the real cost of the bill, you know, de- The CBO has to go by what is in the legislative text, right? But Democrats have been very clear that part of their strategy is to just get some of these programs started, hope that they become popular with the American people. We'll see if that happens. And then have them continue permanently. That is the stated strategy. So you're right when you say that the... Cost over the decade may be well above the, um, you know, $1.75 trillion costs and then the $367 billion that it adds to the deficit, it could certainly be much higher than that um, if these programs do continue for a long period of time, as Democrats are hoping that they will.
6: Yeah. They, I mean, five-year deficit, $1.5 trillion uh, without additional tax offsets, according to uh, those things. Um, all right ilan uh, thank you becky you said friday andrew i think you said i said I, we can't say friday enough can we why is that is it because it's uh,
8: friday it's a good it's, day it's, <laughs> it is. it's
6: a good it's a and good then, day is you know a good day one we're one day closer to the the food coma the turkey coma oh. uh coming up next, next thursday, thursday which Big i just plans. found out it, it is l tryptophan but yeah. did you know chicken has more L-tryptophan than turkey, so this is all a big myth. If you well, eat chicken, it's, it's not
8: the tryptophan. It's how much you stuff down your throat. That's what you're makes tired you tired. You
6: talking to me specifically, <laughs> no, or just uh, I'm you're saying, well, "What in do you mean general, you?" You just mean you, get, you, the
5: royal you.
8: Yes, people get tired because just, they eat too much. Because you looked
5: right at me when it you it I'm looking it be at you. I'm looking the carbs, you, Joe. It's the carbs are are, are yeah. can be, you know, potatoes, stuffing, you, all that I'm stuff. I'm looking
6: at you, Becky, and you're you're looking right at me when you say it's what you stuff down your throat. Yeah. Um, do you remember the old days? I, I I would have made a joke about the magic minute. I can't, though. I won't. So new this morning, uh, Austria announcing it's well, going to. Huh? huh? Yeah, I, I've learned. I finally learned dude. It. it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Uh, making a joke if you're if you're canceled.
5: Want to get a quick check on shares of salad chain Sweetgreen. Uh, we talked to the CEOs yesterday. They surged in the company's first public day of trading the stock price to twenty eight dollars Per share opened at fifty-two dollars and then closed at forty-nine fifty. I never had that that uh, the, the the guac and greens, which is a good salad. I think it's their best salad, Joe. I don't know if you've uh, experienced this, the sweet green phenomenon yet. It, it's different than than chopped. You've been to chopped, right? We like chopped. Yes, too. I yeah. I'm partial to sweet green. really? I, I used to. Be, well, I was a chopped guy because that was that was in my neighborhood originally. Then sweet green arrived, and then I. I, I, I
6: figured it out. Can I get something bad for me at, at Sweet Greens? Did you see what you Dom can't. tweeted? You
8: can get lots of ranch dressing. Drink
6: did you see it right what Dom down? tweeted out yesterday? Did you see what he
8: tweeted out? Uh, he tweets out no. a lot of stuff. What in particular?
6: A picture of a big bag full of, of uh, Whitey Castell sliders.
8: Ooh. Where did he get that? Where is there even one around here?
6: I don't know where he got it, uh, but he tweeted it out and said, "Wow!" And I, I just and you said, "You know, jealous. really, Dom? <laughs> really?" But a picture, a picture, does say a thousand words. It really did. It did to me, uh, anyway. Yesterday, but yeah, launched I, a thousand I, yeah.
8: taste buds, huh?
6: Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm talking about, Andrew. So I can't get, I can't get a slider at Sweet Greens, right? Is it, or is it a kale slider or what? Their salads look
5: really the, good. the, no, the worst thing are, might be, as, as Becky said, one. the ranch dressing and some croutons. The right.
6: croutons <laughs> could hurt you. No, no, you can get like meat and stuff. I mean, you can get chicken or, or shrimp or something. You can no? chicken.
5: I chicken. I don't know if they do a a, a beef or fish dish. I, I, I got to do a little little reconnaissance. So what is, a what salad is it's a salad? How do you
6: make a salad have a stock? You know, pop twenty percent or whatever it was. What about a salad?
5: Does that what? what Give me just in a nutshell, what is it? What is it? The nutshell is, if you believe that this is the next Chipotle or the next Starbucks, there's your answer. Yeah, but what... If you don't, you don't. What is it in this... What is
6: it about this salad that you like more than Chopped, for example? Because Chopped has some great Mexican stuff.
5: I don't know. The selection for me is better. The app is better. Oh, the app. The in-store experience is better. It just, for me it's my, it's, you know okay so it's i'm not sure the salad other people so who love
6: chop more it's not the salad as much as it is the the
5: app and the no no in-store. the salad the actual salads i actually the actual like salad. the salads themselves better okay also a little bit more optionality you can you can pick and choose you know I, I don't know if you're the kind of person who says you know dressing on the side this like you can you can take no things garbanzo out, beans put different things uh, in. I,
6: I have said that no garbanzo beans um Right. What was the shroom thing that you saw yesterday? There was a shroom, shroomzilla or something. That yeah, they some
5: kind of famous, famous salad with shroom, something with mushrooms that I'm unfamiliar. Clearly. Right. Well, those guys, they
6: kind of look like the guys that would start this company. I thought. But they went to Georgetown. I don't you know. It's crazy Jesuits. TikTok usage is spiking among young Americans at the expense of Instagram. That's according to a new survey uh, by Forrester. This year, 63 percent of Americans between the ages of 12 and 17 uh, used TikTok on a weekly basis, compared with 57 percent for Instagram. Now, that's a flip from 2020 when Instagram led that uh, demo with 61 percent to TikTok's 50 percent last month. Mark Zuckerberg called TikTok one of the most effective competitors uh, that uh, they have ever faced. I can't choose. I
5: can't choose what?
6: Between the two. I'm, you know, here, I'm there. What about
5: Snap? What about Snap, Kernan? Are you not on Snap?
6: Snap? Is that the one where it goes away right away, where you can't get busted or something? That would be good for me. That might be good for me. No, no I'm not on any think of think them, You just think it Andrew. goes
8: away. People can take a picture
6: of it, share it you, quickly. You know what I'm on, Andrew. DraftKings. That? DraftKings. That's, I'm on. And uh, CBS Sports, so trying, trying to find the answer trying to find the way you can do this successfully. I'm not sure it can be done. I'm really not. All I know is I can't believe how they, there must be algorithms that figure out spreads and, and, and what happens. And then you know what, what, what dictates? Luck. It might be better to just pick something based on Some cosmic,
8: yeah. Some cosmic. I
6: I, I think it might be better. Or if you hear something, like picking a horse, picking a horse because it means something to you from earlier. So you're really really bad at it, huh? I'm what?
8: You're really bad at it, huh?
6: No, I'm break. I've broken even almost this entire year. I I told you that. Flip a coin. And and yesterday, I I actually made a. You know, we don't want to talk about it. I made a two dollar bet. I've I've made a bet as low (laughs) as. Go to the penny slots next. I went, to the, I went to, the, to, to the supermarket and bought some uh, filet for, for dinner uh-huh. and I was like, I'm worried about this bedding and I just spent...
8: I know, like 25 bucks on a steak?
6: Y- yeah. yeah, I think it, at King's, which is a great place, it was like 36... I saw 36. the
8: same things at King's, I saw the same thing at King's, I was like, whoa! The,
6: the meat prices are, yeah. uh, are up there and now I know chicken has yeah. as much tryptophan, so it's not my fault that I, that I nap so much.
0: It's the wake-up call that does that. Next, on Squawk Pod, Dick Parsons, the former chair of Citigroup and Time Warner, on President Biden's sinking approval rating over the Build Back Better legislative drama.
4: To put it bluntly, I think our leadership needs a little bit of injection of LBJ, you know. How do you get things done? This is a tough game, and I don't know that we have the toughest players out there trying to help the president, or the president helping himself.
0: We'll be right back.
7: This episode is brought to you by AARP.
0: Welcome back to Squawk Pod from CNBC. I'm producer Katie Kramer. And today, by a vote of 220 to 213, the U.S. House has passed the Build Back Better Act, a large expansion of the social safety net in this country, which funds the top legislative priorities for President Joe Biden. Earlier this week, the president signed part one of this ambitious agenda into law, the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, a bipartisan win for the White House.
5: Let's believe in possibilities. Let's believe in one another. Now let me sign this bipartisan bill.
0: But we checked in with Dick Parsons, the former chair of Citigroup and Time Warner, who says that Biden is not showing what he'd call leadership moxie. Parsons spoke with Becky Quick today.
8: Dick, first of all, it's been a while since we've seen you, all the way back in April. So it's good to see you today. How you doing?
4: I'm all right, Becky. can. How are you and Andrew and Joe? I miss you. We're hanging
8: in there. I know it's been a while since all of us have seen each other in person. Um, We'll take this. We'll take the video for now. Um, Dick, let's talk about this because you, when you joined us back in April, said that you gave President Biden a B plus at that point. His approval ratings have plummeted since then. The American people are now giving him a thirty six percent approval rating. What what do you think happened?
4: Well, uh, a couple of things happened. Number one, uh, before Afghanistan um, I think that the president took a hit on that my own view was that you know he did the right thing but in a, in a terribly uh, unthoughtful way and that played out across the country and you know people who who uh, who were in the, who had been in the service people who had relatives in the service people who had any uh, exposure to, to any of that or who thought about place the United States in the world from a point of view of being a solid Partner, uh, we're all disappointed in, in the aftermath of, of uh, the withdrawal from Afghanistan because it just wasn't thought. For. So I think that he took a hit there. And then secondly, uh, while you said it, the leader, it, but he's not showing leadership. I didn't quite say that. I don't think he's showing the kind of leadership that we need and uh, and 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 hope for. He's um, he's a very nice guy. I think he's headed in the right direction. But I think that uh, you know he's he's letting some of these uh, parts of his program be carried by Nancy Pelosi, for example, who is showing some leadership and others and 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 not really, you know, sort of getting in there and punching it up with the guys and getting done what he said he wanted to get done.
8: well there there's been a big debate in this country whether the elections that we saw earlier this month, were a sign that he's not getting enough done or that he's doing too much. And I, I guess that all depends on where you sit, but what, what's your perspective on this?
4: Well, I, you know, as I said, I think people, well, first of all, clearly there's a divide in the country in terms of which direction we should be moving. Uh, and he is moving in the direction that he articulated uh, when he when he ran for office and took office of, of trying to do something to, to uh Create a, a broader safety net, a stronger safety net. The way I look at it is to uh, to do something about the growing divide between the have and have not. Between you know, income inequality. I think that's all good, um, but uh, he, he, the force with which we're moving in that direction is is not. I don't think what it needs to be. I'm coming from the White House, and I think that the uh, the, the elections we just had. Um, were a result of, to some extent, a little close, they were the result of those who were, who were sort of not in the president's camp being more forceful and more uh, more sort of compelling in terms of their argument than uh, the forces that are uh, supporting it.
8: Do you mean people like the House uh, Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, or are you talking about Joe Manchin?
4: I don't know that Kevin McCarthy is well, certainly both. Kevin is, 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 is obviously to the right of Joe, um, but I don't know that he's shown uh, that he's a particularly adept leader either. I mean, um, he's more lots of noise. Uh, Mansion's in a very interesting position, I must say. Uh, I think politicians live for, for this moment. And, um, you know, Who's who's got, a, who's got a collar on him? Who is sort of helping him um, come back into the fold and, and sort of working through in politics? You know, I think to put it bluntly, I think uh, our leadership needs a little bit of injection of LBJ. You know, how do you get things done? Um, you know, how do you how do you work with people who, who want to stake out a position and and and, and uh, leverage their own you know, standing? In a way that, that that frustrates getting things done. You know, it, it, this is a tough game, and I don't know that we have. This is where where the B minus comes in. I don't know that we have the toughest players out there uh, trying to help the president, or the president helping himself.
8: Dick, in the past, I, I think you raised some concerns about these big trillion dollar packages that that keep coming along. But it sounds like you're in favor of this one.
4: You know, this is a tough one for me. There is no such thing as, as perfect legislation. Um, I think that certainly the infrastructure bill, uh, we talked about it last time. I thought, and, and frankly, most sensible people who've looked at this for a while think uh, it's a good thing. The, um, the infrastructure and actually, bill I think, you're talking about. Yeah, so that's the first trillion dollar thing we had to deal with within the last you know, several weeks. Um, and I actually think even though the, the Congressional Budget Office says that it's going to result in let's call it, uh, you know, quarter of a trillion to 300 billion deficit over 10 years, I think that might prove to be uh, un- unfounded because I think doing something about the infrastructure, the crumbling infrastructure in this country is actually going to lead to more productivity than people think. Um, and so that's a good thing. Now, this next bill, the bill Back Better, you know, pare-down bill, uh, a lot of money, a, billion tri- a trillion, 700 billion, and... Um, it will result over time in an increase in the deficit. That's a bad thing in my judgment. On the other hand, uh, if you look at the big picture, I am forth for initiatives that shift more money into the pockets and, and hands of those who, who are on the bottom you know, part of the pyramid right now. I think that the, the biggest threat to this country ultimately uh, well, I think the biggest threat to the country is going to be the, the continuing erosion of trust in our government. We've got to get that back so that the government can govern. Behind that is income inequality. I mean, we're we're on a path that's not sustainable. We're on a path where 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 the, the bounty of our society is being um, shared or split between have and have nots in a way that you, you can't sustain over time. And so since... Build Back Better bill, as it's now uh, constructed, Just more of the money to the have-nots. I, I'm, I think it's moving in the right direction. Obviously, there's some pork in there. There always is. Things that you know I couldn't defend if you asked me to. But in general, I think it's a, it's a good move.
6: Dick, you're a longtime Republican. You're, you're conservative. Do you, when you look at, and and one and three quarter trillion, it's probably more like. You, you know that how they're doing it. I know, I know you you've, you've looked at it where you take two years of uh, you assume a program's to be two years and you have ten years of tax increases so that's they're going to be extended. so it's going to be closer to four trillion. It's like so many things and this is the, the age old argument about where good intentions lead if the the growth of the country if the growth of the economy and I know you think this way or have in the past, if the growth of the economy is hurt, by some of the things that we do in this bill in terms of uh, you know, whether it's tax policy that's misguided or, or the incentive to work, whatever it is that causes it, if that puts us in a worse place, why, why do transfer payments always make sense just to move it to that side of the ledger if you're going to slow down, the, if you're, the actual size of the pie is going to decline or, or not grow as much as, as it would have? It, when we get wage gains and organic employment gains and all these things, you must struggle with that than, than just moving it from one side of the ledger to the other side of the ledger, come what may.
4: Well, well I, I, I do struggle with that, Joe. And as you said, in historically, our personal, my personal history, I've been Republican back uh, since back in my days with Rockefeller. Uh, I don't happen to associate myself uh, nowadays with the party because I think uh, the leadership of the party has lost its mind. But to answer your question, um, I, don't, I don't think this measure is going to be as much of a punch in the nose to the economy or growth as some people have speculated. I mean, the economy is remarkably strong. Nobody would, would have predicted that we would be moving uh, in terms of, of growth the way we are now coming out of this pandemic. I mean, if you look at both company and, and individual balance sheets, they're stronger now than they've been a long time. And I don't see this bill slowing it down. I do worry about your income transfers not adding to growth. You know, as I said, in the infrastructure bill, I think it will actually encourage uh, and enable a faster level of growth. Here, I think it's just, there's a lot of transferring money from, let's call it one pocket in the suit to another pocket in the suit. Um, That's not in in and of itself going to result in growth, but I think it's going to, I hope it's going to slow down and cause us to think more about, you know, how we do go through the process of, of allocating the resources and the bounty of this country amongst our citizens, which needs, uh, you know, it that needs adjustment. That needs adjustment. Um, the bigger worry to me is what you say. I mean, to the extent it costs more than it's currently being projected to cost, and that adds to the deficit. You know, it's not gonna be my problem given my age and stage, but you know, what are our children and our children's children gonna do when it comes time to pay those bills? We still, we haven't stepped up to that. And uh, if we don't, we're courting disaster one day.
8: Dick, it is great to see you and uh, hope to have you back sooner rather than later. Thank you for your time today.
4: Okay, nice to talk to you. Joe, Andrew, look forward to seeing you guys again.
5: Will be next.
0: Coming up next on Squawk Pod, prosecutors are getting ready to finish up their case against Theranos founder Elizabeth Holmes after 11 weeks in the courtroom.
5: Even if she didn't factually mislead the first time, she then misled the second time.
0: We're back after this.
7: This episode is brought to you by AARP. Ten years from today, Lisa Schneider will trade in her office job to become the leader of a pack of dogs. As the owner of her own dog rescue, that is a second act made possible by the reskilling courses Lisa's taking now with AARP to help make sure her income lives as long as she does and she can finally run with the big dogs and the small dogs who just think they're big dogs that's why the younger you are the more you need AARP learn more at aarp.org/skills
2: this podcast is supported by FedEx dear small and medium businesses no one wants happy customers more than you do so you need a business partner just like you This
0: is Squawk Pod. Here's Joe Kernan.
6: Prosecutors getting ready to finish up their case against Elizabeth Holmes, the founder of the failed blood testing company Theranos. And Scott Cohn joins us now with where things stand in the trial. Hey, Scott. Hey, Joe, federal prosecutors have been laying out their case for 11 weeks now
1: that Elizabeth Holmes lied to investors, doctors and patients about the technology she claimed could conduct a full range of tests on a tiny sample of blood. The uh, 29th and apparently final government witness is Fortune magazine writer Roger Parloff, who wrote a glowing cover story about Holmes back in 2014. turns out that Parloff recorded many of his conversations with Holmes for that story, including when he asked if Theranos could really perform the same tests on a few drops of blood that competitors needed a whole vial for.
4: Does your platform uh, replace all of those? Um, Our our platform can um,
8: yield, uh, uh, um, let me think of the best way to say this, We can do all of those tests, Mm -hmm. Um, so um, we can provide data back to clinicians for, for all the same tests.
1: That, prosecutors say, was a lie. Theranos insiders have testified the device could only perform a handful of tests and often got them wrong. Parloff will be back on the stand for cross-examination today when court resumes in a few hours. Uh, Then it's the defense's turn. How will they counter the government's case? Will Elizabeth Holmes herself take the stand?
6: We may be about to find out. Joe, Still a careful answer, kind of, the way I heard it. Yeah, we can uh, provide data about all that. None of it's real, but we can provide. You can't believe the amount of data we can provide uh, from our single drop. Uh, she didn't say we can provide real data that's, that's true and that, that actually. Uh, wasn't she very guarded and careful the way she's. I, I just wonder if she knew at that time that it was just a crock.
1: Well, that's what the government has to prove, that as she was telling not just journalists, but also investors, that she knew that it didn't work. And the prosecutors and, and some of these Theranos insiders have said yes. And interesting, Roger Parloff did a lengthy correction about a year later, after the Wall Street Journal came out with its its damning articles about Theranos. And he said Elizabeth Holmes Theranos misled me. And he specifically says she didn't lie but yeah. that, uh, those Smooth. issues, those particular questions about how many tests could they perform, yeah. um, she definitely
6: obfuscated Wilson. Right. We can provide data on all those tests, Scott. OK. Awesome. Thanks. Uh, th- thank you, Scott. That's just the way I heard it. I was like, well, what did she just yeah, say? Yeah, but
5: Joe, the, the thing is, you can say words in a sentence and factually they can be correct in right. certain but ways. Right. It was implied. But it, they, right. Yeah. And then the second part was she then took that article. Which clearly was wrong, and sent it out to everybody and their brother to raise more money. So, right, even if she was, even if she didn't factually mislead the first time, she then misled the second time. Well,
6: implied in the question was, can you do the tests uh, on a drop that needed a whole vial? And she says, yes, we can provide data on all those tests, which is seems right. to be implying, yes, we can provide data that would tell you factual things about what what's going on that the other vial. Right. Yeah, and that was not true. Look, it's not good. That whole story is uh, is not good. Not a good story. not, Um, Not a happy ending, as they say.
0: And that's Squawk Pod for today and for the week. Happy Friday, indeed.
6: We're one day closer to the food coma, the turkey coma.
0: Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. Follow Squawk Pod wherever you listen to podcasts. Tell a friend to follow us, and we'll meet you back here on Monday. Have a good weekend.
4: We are clear. Thanks, guys.